What is up? Everybody have a seat. I am excited to be here tonight. Colin, are you still here? Colin, I've been looking forward to this night for a long time. Tomas, are you excited? Junior high students. Prepare to get awkward, all right? Grab your outlines, because tonight we're talking about sex! Yeah! All right. Also, I fully expect for you guys to be giggly and awkward and uncomfortable and... I don't know if there's a song about it. Oh, there is. It's a salt and pepper song. That's what I named tonight's message after. Let's talk about sex. And then they say baby, and so I just felt that was kind of weird. Hey, girls, just real quickly, you know, if you guys have any questions, don't bring them to me. Take them to your small group leaders. And as always, I would love to direct you to your women's ministry director who's in the back, Christy Manning. So if you have any questions, girls... And might I add, that is Justine's mommy. Yeah! So girls, if you have any questions about sex, you can ask Justine for her mom's phone number. All right! Boys, you cannot ask Justine for her mom's phone number. Okay, it's going to be a good night tonight. All right. Because listen up, listen up. Thank you, they're new. They're Adidas Cloud Foam. Yeah. All right, because hey, listen up, the last two weeks, the last two weeks have been a really important topic. We talked about the LGBTQ plus topic last week. I talked to you guys about mental wellness and my own personal struggles with that and how we as the church need to do a better job of loving and caring for people that are struggling with all kinds of different things. But those topics were kind of a bummer. And I'm excited because tonight's topic is going to be all fun. Right, Cambria? Are you excited? Yeah, you are. All right. She fell and hurt herself. Okay, so here's the deal. Listen up. I know you guys are going to be feeling awkward at times and giggly and whatever. This is an uncomfortable subject. How many of you guys feel awkward already? Josiah, good. (laughs) Yeah, some of the leaders do. Let me just tell you that some of your leaders are very, very, very nervous about what you guys want to talk about in small group tonight. All right? Listen up. But here's what I'm going to ask you guys to do. I'm going to ask you guys to do me a favor. All right? Listen. Do me a favor Do a favor for the people around you at your table and in this room. Let's do our best to stay quiet, stay under control, and stay focused in tonight's message. All right? Because while we may feel awkward about it, listen up, Beckham, Talon. Are you guys talking to each other about sex? Okay, then just listen. Then just be quiet. (laughs) Jonathan said, yeah, they're staying on topic. (laughs) That's a first. All right. Listen. Shh. I'm going to ask you guys to just kind of stay focused, all right? So, we already did this, but we're going to do it again. When I say the word sex, how many of you feel kind of awkward? All right, you're comfortable with it. All right, when I say the word porn, how many of you feel awkward? Yep. Boys, 
it concerns me that you're feeling fine with that. All right? Yeah, there we go. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Nick, I'm just telling you, you guys might need to ride the slider on my mic tonight just so I can, you know, be loud when I need to be loud, okay? Here's the thing. That's better, Sam. Way to be. Overpower them. Yeah. Oh, good job, Taylor. This whole series, the Elephant in the Room series, we have been talking about topics that the church has been afraid to address at times. And they're like this elephant in the room that the church just doesn't do a very good job of talking about, like mental health, right? Like appropriate uses of social media, right? Loving people when we disagree with them. But tonight, the elephant in the room is a little bit different because... This is the topic that the church sometimes is pretty good about talking about. But, for some reason, we get awkward and you guys don't want to talk about it. You guys, yeah, I know you're good. Because you guys at school, you guys want to talk about sex all the time. You talk about the girls in the other class. You guys talk about, yeah, you guys are all fine with it. But when you're here, we struggle to open up and have an honest conversation about what God's plan for sex is. See, it's an elephant in the room for you guys. Not for me. Not for Colin. Colin. You want to talk about sex? All right. Colin's going to talk about sex tomorrow. All right. See, this is not a topic that people are afraid to talk about. Seventh grade boys. Calm it down a bit. All right. Seventh grade girls do better. Okay. We're going to have a little competition tonight between the 7th grade boys and the 7th grade girls. Which one of you can act older than 4 years old? Alright? That's the competition. Because right now you're both losing. Alright? Here's the thing. When we're with our friends, when we're at school, when we're hanging out with people, the world loves to talk about sex. The world talks about sex all the time. Sex on TV, sex in movies, sex in commercials. Sex, 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 sex. It's everywhere. All right. I really hope that the outdoor speakers are on right now. Because kids' car, we're talking about sex tonight. Women's ministry, we're talking about sex. All right. Your dad's here? Good. (laughs) I almost made a joke. (laughs) I got to rein it in. I got to rein it in. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. AJ, no. Oh, good. I have 16 hours and 55 minutes for this message. That's good. We're going to be here for a while. I got a lot to say. (laughs) All right. All right. Listen. Listen, 
Sex is everywhere in the world. We use sex and sexuality to sell everything. We use sex to sell ice cream. I don't even know what those things have to do with each other. All right. No. <laughs> no. All right. Listen. But for some reason, we never want to talk about God's plan. Listen. I'm serious. You guys got to stay under control. I know it's awkward. I know I'm joking around. Huh? I'm eating a whole lot of you're going to leave for two weeks in a row. Yeah. Okay? Shh. I know it's awkward. I know it's funny. If you have to giggle, you can giggle. But you got to control yourselves, all right? Because I'm not afraid to kick you guys out. I don't want to. I want you guys to be here. But if I have to ask you guys to step out, I will. For some reason, we are afraid to talk about God's plan for sex. And I want to talk tonight about my big question that I'm wondering is, why is it so awkward to talk about sex in church? It's like, shh, if you talk one more time, This is where you learn chapel, sure. All right, listen. It's like we're raised to think that sex is of the devil. That sex is bad. Don't talk about that in church. You can't talk about sex in church. God wouldn't like that. Nope. But the reality is, is that God created sex, and that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about tonight. It's not something that we need to be ashamed of or embarrassed of, but it is something that we need to be healthy about and aware of God's plan for sex and our relationships, all right? Because the world sends us so many messages that teach us incorrect things, and they tell us it's okay to do things before it's an appropriate time. They teach us that crossing certain lines is normal, and it's not true, and it's not healthy. And there are legitimate struggles, issues, concerns, health-related things that can happen when we're not following God's plan. All right, now that I have successfully weirded everybody out, we're going to get into God's Word, okay? We're going to get into God's Word because when we want to know God's plan for something, that's the best place to go, is the words that He used to teach us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20, this is kind of a long one, so I might kind of just breeze through some of it a little bit, focus on certain parts, all right? So I need you guys to just follow along. Follow along on your outline, follow along on the screen. There were two things, a connection card and then another card that says Anthem Strategy on it in your outline. Do not lose those. You're going to need those tonight, all right? Those are for you. Listen up. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20 says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though, in quotes, I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Okay, what does that mean? It's kind of a weird thing, right? But the idea is that when Jesus came, some of the laws were changed, right? And Jesus said, we're not about following a law, we're about following God. And so people started, it changed. Like there were some food rituals that 
that they changed and things. It was like the, the Jews, they were like, bacon! Right? Weird night to yell that, bro. Just so you know. Dang it, I should have held that one in. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, hey! Hey! So there was this attitude among some of the churches where they're like, man, the law's changed. Like, I get to do, I can do whatever, I can eat whatever I want now, right? Because they had some food laws that, that they no longer were following. And so it goes on to say, you say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food, and that's true, but someday God will do away with both of those things. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. See, there were some people that started to have this attitude that like, man, things have changed. Now I can do whatever I want. And I, you know, it's okay. God, it doesn't really matter. I can do whatever I want. But the point of this passage is, is what it's saying is that our bodies do not belong to us to just do with whatever we want. They belong to God. Our bodies belong to God, right? And they're His to be used by him. All right? It goes on to say, don't you actually don't you realize that your bodies are actually a part uh, actually parts of Christ? We were created for God by God to be used by him, right? We're not our bodies are not just for us to like do whatever we want. So yeah, there's not these food laws that we follow like we can eat bacon now, but there's still things that God says, no, but I have a plan for the way that you live your life and stay safe, all right? Now, the next slide is the most awkward part of this passage. Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never! Real jumped when I said never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Now, sometimes when I'm up here and I'm reading a passage like that, in my mind, I start thinking, well, that's kind of awkward. Should I be saying that right now? And then I have to remind myself, God said it. They're not going to fire me. All right? I might get reprimanded. <laughs> uh, but the reality is, is God is talking to us. He's saying, basically what he's saying is, look, don't use your body to sin because your body belongs to me. And if you're using your body to sin, you're hurting me. You're hurting the body of Christ. Right? And then this next, the next part of the passage is the one that I think we need to focus the most on. Listen to me, everybody. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. All right. Whew. That's a long one. 
and it's got some weird stuff in it. But basically what God is saying, I don't need you to talk, I'm going to do it, okay? Thanks. Basically what it's saying is that sex, when used inappropriately or incorrectly, is a sin. And when we sin, we're hurting our relationship with God. And when we sin using our bodies, we're hurting the temple of God. See, sex, sexual sin of any kind, it hurts us. That passage says that it affects our body. A couple of weeks ago, I... One of our points was that no sin is greater than another one, right? Or no sin is bigger than another one. Or no sin is worse than another one. And that's true. All sin is something that separates us from God. But remember, I talked about the consequences here on earth can be greater. Remember, I said that if you murder someone, you go to jail for life. And you lie to your mom, you... Does anybody remember what I said? Get the death penalty. I mean... Yeah, no. I kind of stepped on it this time. No, seriously, you steal a little pack of gum from the store, like, you're not going to go to jail for life. You murder someone. You guys understand that. Concert, those are both sins. Stealing and murder are sin. They both separate us from God. But the consequences for our sin can be greater. And the consequences for sexual sin, man, guys, it messes us up. I don't have time to get into all of the things that it does to us, but there are mental things that it does to us. There are Physically, we are causing damage to ourselves when we are not following God's plan for sex. All right? Now, just to clarify. Oh, I better be careful with this. That was good. That was very good. Very, very wise of me. All right. But I think it's important to, to just kind of say this. When I talk about sexual sin, I am not just talking about sex that makes babies. Okay? We're talking about the use of pornography, lust, sexting. I don't know what else, but you guys get it. Okay? You guys understand. There's not some... This, we, this is like one of the questions youth pastors get the most. Um, okay, so... Um, how far can me and my boyfriend go before we're sinning? And the answer is, you already did. Yes. Right? And then, huh? What did I say? What happened? Did you talk again? Did you just shush me? There's not some magic line where you get to, like, kind of fool around, right, and you're okay. Sexual sin is anytime we give into temptation. And again, we don't, have, we don't have enough time to really get into what that looks like, but there's mental components where, you know, you're weird words, like you get aroused and stuff like that. Who feels awkward? 
checking. Okay, still awkward, good. <laughs> Here's the reality. God has a plan for sex. Sex is between a man and a woman after they are married and only for the two of them for the rest of their life. So for some reason when we feel like in the church, like, oh, sex is awkward, we shouldn't talk about that. That is the opposite of the truth. God created sex. God created sex. And here's your first fill-in. Sex is good. But sex is not God. He's like, that's right, amen. (laughs) Huh? What? Sex is good, but it is not God. Stop it. All right? God created sex. It is for us. It is good. It is a good thing. But it is not God. And unfortunately, the world has turned sex into a God. It's something that we worship. It's something that we pursue. It becomes such an obsession for people that it's all they think about. And everything they do in their life is like, oh, man, you know, I got to meet this girl. I'm going to go party. Got to go to a party. Got to get a phone number. Got to go to Chick-fil-A. Get a phone number. <laughs> Okay, no. (laughs) Sex is good when we are within God's plan for sex. Sex is a sin when we are outside of God's plan for our life. That means sex of any sort, whether physical or just by looking at anyone other than our spouse. Girls, anyone other than your husband, God, oh, you guys, where are you guys at? Um, guys, anyone other than your wife, all right? That is when sex is a sin. But it's become normalized in our country and in our world. Did you know that the average age that someone will first view pornography is third or fourth grade? I know, you're all going to sit here and be like, not us, not the 60 people in this room. That's everybody else. All right? I said average. So you guys are probably, you know, ahead of the curve or something. I don't know the right word. Shh. It's a real thing. It's a real problem. But the world makes it seem like it's normal. Pastor Shane coincidentally taught on this topic on Sunday to your parents, so you guys are going to have a fun car ride home, all right? Yeah. Plus, I'm going to send them all, listen, I'm going to send them all an email tomorrow telling them like, hey, this is what we talked about, your kid, I'm sure they didn't tell you, but here's what we talked about. Here's where you can go to watch the video from last night's message. Here. I'll send some of your parents direct emails that say, at minute four and 33 seconds, you can hear your child blurt something out. (laughs) But Shane shared this statistic. Listen to me. This is crazy. Crazy. 
that 90% of teens and 98% of young adults would say that they think that the use of pornography or premarital sex is normal, okay, they are potentially involved in it, or they are indifferent to it. That means 10% of teenagers think that sex and sexual sin is wrong. Only 10%. The world has taught us that it is okay to get whatever we want, whenever we want. And that passage in Corinthians says, no, 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 no. You belong to God. And you are meant to be used by Him. See, there's this lie that, man, nobody's going to find out. I'm not hurting anybody. What's the big deal? It's not. It's not. Nobody even knows. It's just one little thought, one glance, one look. Guys, I've been in junior high before. A long time ago. But I know that when you guys sit in this room and deny that you've ever even heard of the things that we're talking about tonight, the majority of that is not true. I know that when I was in seventh grade, I saw things that I didn't want to see. I know that in junior high and high school, I was introduced introduced to things that hurt me. And I'm not here to condemn any of you. We're not here to point fingers. You're not going to go to your small groups and be like, okay, one out of three people, it's not me, nose goes, right? My point is that the world is trying to tell us that this is normal and that it's not going to hurt us. But the reality is is that sex outside of God's plan is a sin. And fill this in, sin will hunt you and haunt you until it hurts you. Justine, have you ever heard your dad say that? That's where I learned it. Oh, it has a typo on your thing? Cross it out and write sin. Because that's a good typo. Yes. Hold on. No, that's sex is good, but sex is not God. We already covered that part. Right here is sin will hunt you and haunt you until it hurts you. Sin will hunt you and haunt you until it hurts you. And we think that we can keep certain sins in the dark. And if nobody finds out, it's not that big of a deal. But... The problem with sin is not that other people find out. The problem with sin is that it keeps us away from a relationship with God. You understand me? And God can see in the dark. There is no dark that he is not aware of. There is no dark that he can't light up. And here's the reality. If you are struggling with a sin, whatever that sin is, and you're trying to keep it in the dark, listen to me now. This is important. Would you rather bring it into the light and control who finds out about it and how you're healed from it, or would you rather try to keep it in the dark as long as you can and then all of a sudden it's going to come out and you're not in control of it? 
There's a popular Christian comedian that recently it came out that he's been struggling with some sexual sin. And instead of pursuing the light and healing, he tried to keep it under wraps. And now he's in trouble because it came into the light one way or another. See, his sin, his sin hunted him and haunted him until it hurt him. But, listen to me, forgiveness is always greater than our mistakes. That's not a feeling, but you should write it down. Forgiveness is always greater than our mistakes. And when we realize that, man, God wants to bring light into the dark places of our lives and we allow him to do the healing work that he's ready to do, man, that forgiveness can be so good. James chapter 1, verses 14 through 15 says, Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. This passage reminds me of Star Wars. Right, Bradley? You know what I'm talking about. Do you? Okay, lay it on me. Okay, this is what it reminds me of, is the line, I think it's Palpatine or whoever that's like, um, you know, like, anger leads to whatever. It leads to, I think we missed a few steps. Fear leads to hate, hate leads to the dark side, right? Okay, yeah, 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 Right? It's kind of like that, but it's, you know, you guys just kind of get the point. But the reality is, is that, when we're tempted by something and we allow it to be born like a little baby, that's when it starts to grow into a big sin. All right? Is temptation a sin? You guys answer. Is temptation a sin? No, it's not. I answered for you because you didn't answer. Being tempted is not a sin. Acting on that temptation is a sin. Right? But temptation, when it's allowed to get into our minds and we don't immediately fight it, and we let it start to grow and fester in our mind, it starts to become bigger, and then we start to justify it. And then when, when we justify acting on that temptation, that's when we've made the decision to sin, and then we sin, and then that's what leads to death. Right? There's this thing, you're going to, there's a question on your outline for your small group time, like what, you know, what about this, like, cycle of sin or something like that? What did you think of that? But really the idea that we're trying to get you guys to understand is that there are warning signs, and warning signs are not a sin. But then the temptation is triggered, and then you give in to that temptation, right? You start to make excuses and rationalize, like, it's not that big of a deal. No one's going to find out. It's a, I'm not hurting anyone. Then you plan to act on it, then you act on it, and then that's what leads to the consequences or death, all right? That's the cycle of sin that we're talking about. Temptation comes from our own desires. These desires are what give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, that's what leads to death. So when we're tempted, we have to fight it. 
And the best way to fight temptation is by facing Jesus. We turn our eyes to him and to the word that he has for us. Fight temptation by facing Jesus. Fight temptation by facing Jesus. And with sexual sin and sexual temptation, guys, you do not have time to wait around and think, oh, it's okay, I got this, I got it under control. In this card, one of the things that you'll read is that you have approximately five seconds to change what you're thinking about, and if you don't, you have a much greater increased chance of giving in to that temptation. So fill this in. Fight temptation by facing Jesus, and don't walk, run away from it. Don't walk, run. It is not something... To mess around with. It is not something to allow yourself to linger in a dangerous situation or setting of temptation. You guys are going to talk more about this in your small groups, but what that looks like is if, man, if you're like at home alone or whatever, and something is on TV that you're tempted by, get up, walk, go for a walk, walk the dog, go poop, I don't know. Don't poop while you're walking the dog. There's that passage in Matthew 5. Uh, we're going to skip it. Leaders, you guys can talk about it in your groups. Basically what it says is, man, because they thought that, like, the sin happened when you, like, had sex with someone who wasn't your wife, but that passage is just saying, like, no, the sin is already committed once you've thought about having sex with that person. Right? Once you've committed lust. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 says, Run! from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. And the point of that, guys, that passage is so great because what it says is run toward the good things of God. Run toward the things of Jesus. Don't walk. Don't wait. Don't allow yourself to sit in potential sin. James 4, 7 says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Guys, when we humble ourselves enough to say, God, I'm struggling in this moment. I'm really struggling. When we turn our thoughts toward him, toward his word, when we change the setting that we're in, God helps us resist the devil. So then your last fill-in says, work the anthem strategy. Work the anthem strategy. This is something, you might be saying, what is the anthem strategy? This is something that I want you guys to talk about in your small groups. Okay? I want you guys to talk about these in your small groups. But the anthem strategy is, it's this thing that we put on this card. It's just one way. It's like an acronym to help you avoid temptation. We made these cards for you guys to take, okay? Don't be dumb. Do not leave them here. Take them. Put them in your Bible. Put them on your bathroom mirror. Do not be stupid. Okay? Listen to me. You're in junior high. You probably only make two good decisions a day. Make this one of them. Hopefully the other one was brushing your teeth. Listen. Shh. Seriously, though, you guys are smart. 
be smart enough to take this with you. It's not trash. Keep it. So what is the Anthem strategy? It's an acronym that just helps you avoid temptation, okay? So A, avoid. N, say no. T, turn your mind toward Christ. H, to hold to the promise of Christ. E, enjoy the superior satisfaction of knowing Christ. And M, move to another activity or location. And when we say move, we don't mean just in your mind. We say, get up, go somewhere else. So guys, if you are tempted when you're home alone, your parents go to the grocery store and things get weird, get up, call your parents, call your small group leaders, go in the front yard, right? Because it's not some, shh. It's not something that you can allow yourself to mess around because it's potentially harmful to sit and allow yourself to be tempted. All right? Now, who feels awkward? Okay. That's okay. But hopefully after tonight, we've started a conversation and you're going to go into your small groups and continue a conversation. And you're going to continue a conversation with your parents about pursuing... God's plan for sex and your relationships. And hopefully it becomes less awkward for us to talk about what God wants for our lives. One last thing. As you're going into your small groups, you're going to go quietly. And you are going to have respectful conversations with each other. Girls, I'll ask you first. Is that going to be difficult? No, it's not, because you guys are smart and responsible, and you respect each other. And I can trust you guys to have a good conversation and not talk over each other. Boys, you guys are going to have a smart, healthy, responsible, and respectful, and mature conversation in your small group. Is that going to be an issue for you? Good. If I find out that it is, you'll be having a converse, conversation with me. But I know that I can trust you guys. Okay? So let me pray, and you guys are going to go into your groups, and I'm just telling you right now, each and every one of you in this room, listen, do not miss what I'm about to say. Each and every one of you in this room, one, God created you and has sit down. God created you and has a plan for your life. And part of that plan involves... Nope. <laughs> Two. You're on a short leash tonight. I will pull each and every person in this room out of their group if they can't handle the conversation. Got it? Can we do that? Bow your heads, let's pray. Do not stand up while we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. God, we love you. And uh, man, thank you for allowing us to talk about a extremely awkward uh, topic. Uh, but God, we thank you that uh, you met us here in this conversation. God, we pray that you are glorified through it, um, that we've learned something, and that we're able to go into our small groups and have a great conversation. 
God, I just ask that you give these guys good questions, good maturity, the power to uh, wait for each other and, and uh, take their turns as they speak. So God, be with these groups tonight. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.